0: Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast. This is your host, Matt Shook, and this is the episode for Thursday, November 30th, as the Pistons move to 14-6 and six with a big victory on Wednesday night in downtown Detroit at Little Caesars Arena against the Young Phoenix Suns, the Pistons picking up the 131-107 win and are now second place in the Eastern Conference, three games behind NBA leading Boston and only a half game ahead of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So those footsteps you are hearing are LeBron James right behind the Pistons there, rounding into form and should probably pass the Pistons sometime soon if we're being honest with ourselves here. But I keep saying that tough stretch is coming, that tough stretch is coming, and the Pistons keep beating back teams. So kudos to Stan Van Gundy's squad for another big victory last night. The Suns were coming up off a of back-to-back. They had won in Chicago on Tuesday night. So a young team on a back-to-back, you can catch them, and the Pistons sure did clocking that lead up to about 30 points at points at times throughout the second half. Up to 36 at one point, I believe, before a little bit of a comeback late for the Suns. But Reggie Jackson had 23 points to lead the way for the Pistons. Avery Bradley had 20, as did Tobias Harris, Andre Drummond, 13 points and 7 rebounds. But for those starters, I think the stats that mattered most was that no starter got into 30 minutes of play for the game, so a nice easy day for those guys. In fact, Stanley Johnson and Reggie Jackson, 22 minutes apiece. And as Stanley recovers from injury, tries to round back into form, Reggie Jackson, of course, with the knee tendonitis, Important for those guys to sit down a little bit as, like I said, the brutal stretch is coming. I know I keep saying it. I'm going to be the boy who cried wolf at some time, at some point here. But the Pistons are in Washington to play the Wizards on Friday, at Philadelphia on Saturday, at San Antonio on Monday, at Milwaukee on Wednesday, home for Golden State on Friday and home for Boston on Sunday after that. So not only are those tough teams, those road games, those travel tests, all sorts, all that other stuff, but they're right on top of each other. They got a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday night coming up this weekend, but then just one day in between all those other teams, not a lot of practice time, not a lot of time for the body to rest. In fact, the next game that the Pistons have two days off before is December 20th against Dallas on the road. So that's Five days before Christmas, and Christmas is soon, but it's not soon soon as far as the NBA schedule is. The Pistons have 11 games from now until then where they're going to have two ga- two days off in between games. So a tough stretch coming, I promise. Even though they keep winning, they keep making it look somewhat somewhat relatively easy night in and night out. I'm telling you, it's going to get tough. Ish Smith had 14 points off the bench on Wednesday night, and Luke Kennard, twelve points, as he continues to look more and more comfortable on the NBA floor for the Suns. Some Detroiters, or some Michiganders, I should say, with some good games. Devin Booker, who is from Grand Rapids, he was struggling early with Avery Bradley on him, and who wouldn't? But uh, Avery uh, Devin Booker showed some of his offensive abilities as the game went on. He had twenty-two points, and Josh Jackson. Kudos to Josh. The Detroiter, in his first game as an NBA player in the Motor City, had 20 points and seven rebounds off the bench. Jay Triano gave him 32 minutes, so gave the young kid maybe a little reward for playing tough on the defensive end so far to start the season. Gave him some good run, and uh, Josh Jackson, the third pick of the draft this year, who went to Kansas, rewarded him for it a little bit. So we're going to talk some more about that win today, and we're also going to go around the league in the NBA as It's at the quarter season mark here, and I wanted to fill you in on the big headlines that are going on so far. A lot of them are going on in the Western Conference, but I feel like Pistons fans and Lockdown Pistons fans, maybe this is one of your only sources for NBA coverage. I know There's probably a lot of hoop heads out there. They're going to know all this stuff uh, already, but just wanted to give you kind of a cursory look at what's going on around the league. And we're also... Fueled by Devin Booker and Josh Jackson and Tyler Ulis and some of those guys that have ties to the state of Michigan, I went through the NBA and looked at all the rosters and found the all-state-of-Michigan team, guys who played with the Spartans or the Wolverines were from Detroit or something like that. A strong tie to the state of Michigan gets you eligible for the state-of-Michigan team, so we came up with five starters and then a whole host of honorable mentions as well to talk about the best of the Great Lakes state, so stick around for that as well. A big congratulations to listener Brian. He picked up the win in Draft Wednesday for the Lockdown Pistons contest. He had a balanced attack and picked up the win, so he won some money, and he was one of the top three players that got paid in our Draft Wednesday contest at the Draft app and also Draft.com. We do it every Wednesday. We packed it with 10 players this week and also had a smaller four-player contest on the side as well. It's all Pistons fans. So, come on and join us. Go sign up at draft.com or download the draft app. Use promo code LO Pistons, all capital letters there, LO Pistons. And when you use it, you'll load up some money and we'll add on with the promo code a $3 entry. And that's all we need to get into the Draft Wednesday contest. So, when you get on there, follow me at handle Matt Shook, S C H O C H, Matt S C H O C H, all one word. And I will send you an invite to our private Lockdown Pistons contest. There's also, also all sorts of Lockdown NBA contests that you can find in the, the main draft lobby as well. But moving on to talk a little bit more about the big Pistons win on Wednesday night in front of what was a better crowd, a louder crowd in downtown Detroit. Just got some scattered thoughts I wanted to pass along. Man, Avery Bradley, he is good. He is such a great defensive player one-on-one. Like I said, Booker ended up getting 22 points, but just early on, Bradley set a defensive tone on him. And I know if you watched the game, there's no way you would have missed that, but made the young kid from Kentucky frustrated, really got in his pocket right at the beginning of the game, and just such a pro, Avery Bradley, what a pickup by Stan Van Gundy, as uh, had to give up Marcus Morris, who was a nice player for the Pistons these last couple years, and had a very favorable contract, but Avery Bradley's really showing off for these Pistons. He talked, James Edwards III had a nice article about him when they were in Boston earlier this week, and I read it from theathletic.com, but... Uh, and they won't talk about the contract situation. Stan won't talk about it. Avery won't talk about it. He's a free agent going into this summer, and it would take big dollars for the Pistons to bring him back. But hopefully they do. Hopefully Avery Bradley's enjoying playing for this team as much as you would think a guy like Avery Bradley would. But, man, what a good player. We talk about Tobias Harris being an all-star, Andre Drummond being an all-star. Avery Bradley's got to be in consideration for All-Star play too. We're still a little bit ways away from having to make those decisions, but all three of those guys are really making uh, their cases for becoming Eastern Conference All-Stars as the February, the winter, uh, you know, that classic uh, gets towards us maybe a little bit closer as uh, time goes on. But um, just another maybe basketball nerd thing I wanted to pass along as far as scattered thoughts from Wednesday. It's... The Pistons do that weird thing uh, when they're bringing the ball up the court and going into a half-court set. Reggie Jackson brings it up, and it's usually Tobias Harris that's the trailing post because he's uh, the foreman, so that's kind of his role as they get into that half-court set. Jackson does, and Ish Smith does this as well when he comes in. It's obviously a part of the Pistons' offense that they talk about. They bring it over the timeline and pass it to Tobias right away, and right away, like as if it's hot potato, they pass it right back to the point guard. It's just a strange thing that obviously if you watch the Pistons, maybe you don't notice, maybe you don't even watch the possession that closely as just as it starts, but I wonder why they do that. I'm going to have to talk to some of my coaching friends why they do that quick dribble handoff. First of all, it's It usually results almost in a backcourt violation every single time they do it because when Harris passes it back, the guard, or if it's Ish or if it's Reggie, he's usually just crossing the timeline as he gets it. So at some point during the season, some overzealous ref is going to call that a backcourt violation, by the way. So you can say that you heard that on Lockdown Pistons First when that does happen. But I have a feeling that the reason that they do that is maybe something to do with Reggie Jackson's struggles last year. I think that's maybe one of the things that Stan Van Gundy threw just into the offense at the beginning of this season. Maybe they saw that if Jackson went into the offense just dribbling with no motion, with no direction, that uh, maybe they struggled a little bit and maybe he went a little bit more one-on-one than he was supposed to. And maybe they were – felt like they had to go into a pick-and-roll situation. So maybe that quick pass to the trailing four and then a handoff right back to the one, maybe that's to get the defense to move a little bit too at the beginning of the, uh, the play, get them on their toes a little bit. I know when we played basketball back in high school, when you're going up against a zone, you just throw it to the wing one time, he throws it back to the top, the point, and then throw it to the other wing one time and run it back to the point again. There's no, you're not even looking at the basket. You're just, Throwing some passes to get the defense to move a little bit. That might be part of it too. But I think they see something in terms of Ish and Reggie taking a pass, taking a handoff, and getting a full head of steam starting as they cross half court. So just a random observation I made about the Pistons offense. I'd like to talk to some of the film breakdown guys and some of the coaches that I know about why the Pistons might do that. But Another random thought I had from watching this game is, man, Phoenix, they might be a poster child for the dangers of tanking. Like I mentioned earlier this season, there were some national pundits, Bill Simmons among them, that said that the Pistons might consider trading off Andre Drummond and thinking about tanking. But man, It's a losing culture that's created by those guys. There's just not a lot of defensive energy being played by those guys. There's no veterans that are showing them the way. Some of those guys are getting into some bad habits. And are you listening, Detroit Tigers fans? Because you might be in for some of those growing pains going forward. It is brutal to watch a team like that that just doesn't have it right now. Those Phoenix Suns fans are in for even more years of struggles before some of these guys turn the corner. Marquise Chris uh, was someone that kind of stood out to me early in the game. He was the eighth pick last year. He's still only 20 years old, but he just has no awareness. He looked awful at times. He looked frustrated with Stanley Johnson on him, and he's almost got 10 a game last year as a 19-year-old rookie, so it's not like there's nothing there, and he's got a, a nice body and Obviously, there's a potential for Marquise Chris to be a pretty good player, but it's guys like that that, uh, man, you just do not want to be stuck with playing 20-year-olds and hoping that they're getting better and learning on the fly, because if you don't have a good example or a good culture around your team, it is hard to turn the corner. So. Before you start jumping on the tanking bandwagon at any time with any team, take a look at those Phoenix Suns and think about how far they're going to have to crawl to get out of that. Even with some pretty good players emerging, like I said with Devin Booker and you know some of the talent that they have, TJ Warren, um, it's going to be tough for those Suns to turn the corner. But it was, another interesting thought I saw is that on top of the Pistons starters getting some rest. When they did bring those guys back in at the end of the first quarter, the four, all five of the starters, Stanley Johnson did not stick into that rotation very much. And with Stan Van Gundy knowing that the starters weren't going to play much throughout the rest of the game, he took Stanley Johnson out and went with Luke Kennard with the starters at the end of the first half. So you had Harris, you had Jackson, you had Bradley, you had Drummond, and then you threw Luke Kennard out there. It was interesting to see maybe that's Stan Van Gundy checking to see how the Duke rookie kind of responded to with to playing with those guys. It might be a lineup that you see later in the season as we go on. Maybe Kennard's going to be possibly that first guy off the bench as a, a guy who compliments the starters. So just an interesting thought that I had with precious few moments of those starters going out there, knowing that they were going to rest quite a bit. Stan Van Gundy used some of that time late in the first half to see if Luke Kennard fit out there, but we're going to go inside the NBA and talk, touch up upon some of the headlines here on lockdown Pistons after this. Yeah! Now, if your company is interested in men between the ages of 18 and 44, and who isn't, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Pistons is listened to by 98% men and 80% of those between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want those young, strapping men ages 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. So email me at matt underscore shook, S-C-H-O-C-H, at yahoo.com. Still rocking that Yahoo! Fantasy football email address, so email me there to find out more. And we're going to be talking about the all state of Michigan current NBA team a little bit later with players who either played at Michigan, played at Michigan State, or maybe some of the MAC schools, UAD, Oakland University. And also guys from or grew up in the state of Michigan as well, Detroit, Benton Harbor, Flint, Saginaw, maybe one of those cities as well. We're going to talk about the best five that you could throw out there right now as a state of Michigan team. But I want to go around the NBA a little bit, as maybe Lockdown Pistons fans aren't as big of NBA nerds as some of us out there. But uh, the question that gets asked pretty much every day is, is Lonzo Ball good, the rookie from UCLA of the LeVar Ball Sun stature? But the answer today, it changes almost every day, right? And it's overhyped, and we know that Lonzo Ball is going to be a pretty good player. He might be a great player someday, but in his rookie season, he's got the big microscope on him. The answer today, though, is yes, Lonzo Ball is good. The Lakers took the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, to overtime on Wednesday night. They did lose 127 to 123 as Kevin Durant and Steph Curry woke up late, kind of went crazy and stepped up there at the Staples Center. But Lonzo had 15 points and 10 assists. Brandon Ingram, the second-year guy out of Duke, had 32 points. And Julius Randle, a guy that I've always liked, he had 20 points off the bench. So the Lakers, although they're not getting a lot of wins right now, made some big headlines by taking the dubs to overtime on Wednesday night. Now, the Golden State Warriors are 16-6. and and in the first spot in the Western Conference, the Houston Rockets are right up there with them as well. But hey, I wanted to be the first one to tell you the West right now is not very good. There's only really nine teams that are either trying or are doing a pretty good job of being in the playoff picture. The Clippers are done, and the Grizzlies are probably done as well. The reasoning for that is the Clippers had just had a rash of injuries. Looks like Blake Griffin's going to be out a couple months, Danilo Gallinari can't stay healthy, and Patrick Beverly is out for the season as well. So Doc Rivers and the Clippers, if you're looking for some trade pieces, you might look at that roster. They're probably going to be ready to blow it up, and that might mean that Doc Rivers might not be there long as well. So something to think about is Jerry West is kind of driving the ship right there. Um, So if if you want DeAndre Jordan, if you want maybe Beverly after the injury going forward. If you want Gallinari, if you want to take a look at that roster and if you're a guy with an the ESPN trade machine, a Pistons fan or not, or maybe looking at deals around the league, that might be a team to look at. The Grizzlies, they fired their coach David Fisdale the other day. Mike Conley, the point guard, the standout, probably their best player. He's out for a while. Mark Gasol kind of had was benched late in the game last week and, complain in the media about it and that's what got Fisdale pretty much fired and they haven't brought in a lot of good talent to complement those guys they had a great first couple weeks of the season and were one of the top surprises along with the Pistons and the Orlando Magic but they've blown so many drafts left and right that I think that we're looking at the end of the era for those Memphis Grizzlies they already moved on from Zach Randolph and Vince Carter from last year but Mike Conley and Marcus, Gasol they have such big contracts they're going to be tough to move but there might be a, a slog of a few years ahead for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I think that the injuries and the coaching change that they've made, they brought in J.B. Bickerstaff as the interim coach. Um, I just think that they're, there's going to be a lot to overcome. And, and with some of the teams in the Western Conference that should have a good second half of the season, Oklahoma City included in there, who's not starting off very well, but should get it together as time goes on. I think the Grizzlies are just going to have too much of a uphill climb to make. And like we mentioned a little bit earlier, Cleveland is good again, so watch out for LeBron James and those guys as they should take over the first place in the Central Division sometime soon and cruise into one of the top three or four spots in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. And like I mentioned, Orlando had such, such a strong start to the season, but those guys are back to being Orlando. False alarm on the Orlando Magic, nothing to worry about there. And San Antonio, quietly, I wanted to point out that the it's Greg Popovich and the Spurs are having a great start to the season once again. LaMarcus Aldridge is playing at an all-star level once again, and Brudy Gay has been a nice contributor for them. Tony Parker just played his first game the other night coming off the Achilles injury. You can't count him out after all that he's accomplished in his NBA career, and all this is happening without Kawhi Leonard playing a single minute of NBA action this year. He had a quad injury that they said would keep him out of the preseason, but he has Uh, Not played yet, and he should make his season debut soon. I don't think the Pistons will have to worry about him early next week, but uh, they they might be seeing him out on the NBA court soon. And how good is that team going to be when Kawhi Leonard returns? I think that uh, maybe that's a a little bit of a strategy there, keeping Kawhi out a little bit longer than they might have figured with that injury. Uh, it, it looks like Greg Popovich has taken the regular season slow roll, to, slow roll to a whole nother level this year. But like I said, we're going to be talking about the state of Michigan, all state of Michigan team a little bit with who is the best five to come out of the mitten this year. All right, so if there was a tournament With every state in the union going up against each other and the state of Michigan had to throw out their best five, who would it be? Well, first of all, the answer is a little bit underwhelming. As we grew up here in the state of Michigan, we know that the past has had all sorts of all-stars, some Hall of Famers, some great players. Even in recent history, you could throw teams out there for like Chris Weber from Detroit and also from Michigan as well, Jalen Rose. Glenn Rice, if you go back a little bit before that, Steve Smith could kind of play in that same era as well. Derek Coleman, Shane Battier would be a nice glue guy that you could throw out there. Of course, centerpiece to around Magic Johnson from a little bit before that as well. So all sorts of great Michigan players, and before that, the old school guys could go throw out some names from Detroit's past, the University of Michigan past, Michigan State past as well. And I think the future is looking bright before we get into the current version of NBA players who could play um, and the starting five of the all Great Lakes team. But coming forward, looking at that Michigan State team so far this year, Miles Bridges and Jaron Jackson Jr., I think you got a couple of lottery picks there that could be impactful players on our fictional Michigan team as well. And even the Michigan Wolverines although they don't nearly have the depth of talent and uh, won't be the, the Spartans' equal this year. Charles Matthews, the transfer from Kentucky, and Mo Wagner as well. A couple of NBA players that could be impact players in the league as well, just a couple of strong talents that uh, Beeline has in Ann Arbor right now. So this Michigan team could improve going forward. Like I said, this fictional team that we're throwing out there is a little bit of a thought exercise. But the we're going to start with the guys who didn't make the cut For the Great Lakes team, I just threw a bunch of names out there. Bryn Forbes for the Spurs, who could have been a three-point gunner off the bench. Jordan Crawford of Detroit, who played for Xavier. He's with the Pelicans right now. He could have been an impact player who can fill it up off the bench. Nick Stoskis not getting a a lot of run in Philly these days out of the University of Michigan. Jamal Crawford, remember him? The former Wolverine. Still making it happen off the bench for the Timberwolves this year a long career with the Clippers, a couple six-man-of-the-year awards as well. Denzel Valentine of Michigan State and of Lansing, he is filling it up for the Bulls as a rotational guy on a horrible team. DJ Wilson is a rookie for the Bucks, getting a little bit of run right now out of the University of Michigan. He came out and was a first-round pick for them this year. As we mentioned, Josh Jackson to Detroit, he's with the Suns. Tyler Ulis, the little point guard from Kentucky, he was born in Southfield, so he qualifies as a possibility for this team. Zach Randolph. Now, if we were talking about guys and their legacies and current players, if you're adding up the totality of their whole career here, would certainly be on the starting five and was on this team many years of this fictional variety of the past several years as well. But right now, in the twilight of his career with Sacramento, he's just not the caliber of player that should be on this starting five right now. JaVale McGee is from Flint. And he was a is a valuable member of the bench for the Golden State Warriors. So he could have made our bench as well. And then three wings th- from the recent pass of the University of Michigan that couldn't quite kick or couldn't quite crack the starting lineup. Glenn Robinson, the third of Indiana. He uh hasn't quite had his NBA breakout. I think they were still waiting for him in Michigan to make that breakout too as well during his college career, but he hasn't quite made the breakout that they've been waiting for in the Pacers. Uh, organization to to crack our starting five. Karis Lavert, who's had a nice couple years with the Brooklyn Nets, after having an injury-filled campaign with the Wolverines. He hasn't quite made the strides to get into the starting lineup, although he's knocking on the door. He could possibly make it sometime soon. And the toughest omission was probably Tim Hardaway Jr. Of the Knicks, he picked up a big contract this year and is scoring 18 points a game. Now maybe I'm a little bit biased against him because he kind of crapped the bed a little bit for my Draft.com team on Wednesday, but uh, he did not make it. As he, I've always felt he's kind of an old empty stats guy. Even at, back at Michigan, he put up some numbers, but wasn't really as effective as some of his teammates. So Tim Hardaway Jr. is my sixth man for this team. But the starting five, we're going to start with Devin Booker, like we talked about today. He's from Grand Rapids, was born in Grand Rapids, and grew up there too. Played a year of high school ball at Granville. So he's kind of our our main ball handler for the offense as well and probably our our most impactful scorer that we're going to have. The best player on the team, though, is Draymond Green from Saginaw. Played at Michigan State. He's our all-star. He's our best player our team leader, our chemistry guy, our our trash talker, everything you want is Draymond Green, one of the best players in the NBA and a proud Michigander as well. So he's certainly deserving of his spot on the Great Lakes State All starting five. Gary Harris is going to fill it up for us from the outside. One of two Denver Nuggets to be starting on the... All Great Lakes team, the Michigan State kid, is doing a pretty good job. Got a nice contract extension in the offseason from the Nuggets as well. And then maybe the surprise starter is also a starter for the Nuggets too, Wilson Chandler from Benton Harbor. He's a DePaul guy. But as you you know if you're a State of Michigan fan, uh, Wilson Chandler, who started his career with the Knicks, is from Benton Harbor and really fills up the stat sheet and has throughout his veteran NBA career. But um, just kind of the glue guy who's going to join Draymond Green. You can't have a Michigan team without it being a bunch of tough guys. So Wilson Chandler certainly fits that bill and is a, a Michigander through and through. But the fifth guy in the starting lineup is another Flint guy who's Making rounds and and been kind of one of the stories of the early NBA season, a late first-round pick out of Utah for the Los Angeles Lakers, and that's Kyle Kuzma, a Flint guy. He can fill it up, and he can create a lot of matchup problems like Draymond and Wilson Chandler can as well. So it's a little mishmash of some talents there with Booker, Green, Harris, Chandler, and Kuzma. It's all, all tough guys and all guys who can do a lot of different positive things on the court. So that's our all Great Lakes starting five. Let me know what you think about that team after you follow me on Twitter at matt underscore shook, S C H O C H, and then another underscore after that. Also, follow us on Facebook at matt shook. Follow the locked on NBA net Twitter accounts. Also, follow us the locked on NFL net Twitter account. Follow locked on Lions. Follow locked on Pistons on Twitter. Listen to Matt Derry as the locked on Lions podcast continues through our therapy session of a Lions season. They've got the Ravens on Sunday, a huge game. And, of course, if you know the the Lions at 6-5, every game is a huge game the rest of the way. If they have any playoff hopes, they better take it seriously Sunday, week in and week out. So get on Draft.com or download the Draft app. Use promo code LOPistons. Get ready for next Draft Wednesday as we're going to do some more going through the season. Follow me at Matt Shook S-C-H-O-C-H there. But we're going to have another podcast tomorrow. We're going to be previewing Friday night's game in the nation's capital against the Washington Wizards. The Pistons should have a little bit of revenge on their minds against Bradley Beal and John Wall. And we'll give you an update on what's new with the Wizards since that early season matchup. The Pistons have been dominated by the Washington Wizards in recent seasons. What do they have to do to get off the schneid on Friday night in D.C.? So we'll talk about that tomorrow and i want to thank everyone for joining us this is matt shook for locked on pistons and have a good day everyone